A text then that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our Gospel reading for today from Matthew chapter 21 where the, uh, the chief priest asked Jesus, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It was their domain, the temple. Yes, there without question the chief priests had authority. They made the rules. They enforced the rules. They demanded respect. Then one day a man born in Bethlehem and raised in Nazareth walked right into their sacred space. He walked right into their space and acted as if he was the one who had true authority there. He entered, and he drove out from that space those who were buying and selling in the temple, and his authoritative actions were followed with authoritative words. This is to be a place of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of robbers. The chief priests were taken aback, after all, they were the ones who determined who could be in the temple space and who could not. They were the ones who allowed such buying and selling to occur. They were the ones who determined what was proper in the temple. And all that being true, they did not take kindly to this one Jesus acting as if he had authority in that space that superseded even their authority. After all, as far as they were concerned, there was only one way, and one way only, that Jesus could legitimately have more authority in the temple than they had. Only if he was the Messiah of God. Only if he was that one promise throughout the Old Testament scriptures could he legitimately claim to have such authority. But the chief priests, of course, did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah, and they would not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. After all, they figured that when the Messiah came, he would unquestionably back up their authority, rather than calling it into question. I'm sure at that point the chief priest just wanted to come right out and ask Jesus if he thought he was the Messiah. But obviously, the time did not seem quite right for such a straightforward question. And so they asked him a different question, although really intended to get the same information. They asked him by what authority was he doing the things that he was doing, and who gave him that authority. Their question was meant to goad him into admitting that he believed he was the Messiah, and therefore had such authority. However, the time was not yet right, for Jesus to reveal exactly who he was. The time was not yet right to reveal the authority that God had given to him. And so instead of answering their question, he asked them a question as well. He asked them what they thought about John the Baptist. He asked them whether they believed that he had come from God or not. It was not an easy question for the chief priest to answer for many reasons. First, John the Baptist had been a very popular figure before his beheading. 
and to call into question his whole ministry now after his death seemed rather unwise. But at the same time, they could not confess that he was from God, for he too had rebuked them and their use of authority. They had never agreed with the statement that John was from God. And if they did it now to save face, well, people would question why they had not heeded his word to repent and be baptized. Yes, they were the ones who always acted as if when God called, they would follow. And yet, when the call of God went out through John the Baptist, it was those chief priests who did not follow at all. Many others, like the tax collectors and the prostitutes, gave every impression through their average everyday life that they would not follow God when he spoke. And yet when John the Baptist issued his call to repentance, they were the ones who not only heard it, but heeded it. They stepped into that river Jordan and were cleansed. They turned and therefore lived. You see, Jesus' answer, so to speak, of the chief priest's question was really an answer. It really, even though he was asking them a question, he was revealing at the same time who he was by saying who John the Baptist was. Yes, John the Baptist had been sent by God. Sent by God to prepare the way of the Messiah. Jesus was doing the things he was doing by the authority of God. For he was the Messiah of God. And that meant that he had authority over all things, over the temple, over all people, and over everything else in creation. Yes, he had all that authority because God had sent him with that authority. But of course, the chief priest did not like all these assertions that Jesus now hinted at and later would state more clearly they rather liked having authority in the temple. They liked being the last word. But now Jesus was challenging them with his God-given authority. And for that, the chief priests would seek to kill him. But today, you and I must remember that it's not only the authority of the chief priests that Jesus challenges. No, indeed, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to him. And that means that in every area of life, he has the ultimate authority. That is one of the reasons we call him Lord or Master. And that means, yes, that there are areas in our life where we think we have authority. That Jesus will come in and challenge as well. We too rather like those areas of life where we feel like we have the final say. And yet Jesus reminds us that he is Lord. Yes, the chief priests have been given authority to rule over things like the temple. So also we have been given things where we have authority to rule within our sphere. But we must admit that when Jesus steps in and challenges our final word, we often like it about as much as the chief priests liked it when he did it in their sphere. For instance, parents in the home have been given authority there in order to make sure that the rest of the people in the home are taken care of well and are cherished. But sometimes, as we read God's word, it is as if Jesus is coming right into our homes and tossing over a few tables. 
He tells us that our homes were meant to be places of devotion and learning about him, but that we have often turned them into nothing more than glorified entertainment centers. He tells us that our homes were meant to be a source of stability and safety for those living in them, and that all too often we turn them into a war ground where each people, each person in the household fights for themselves. He tells us that our homes were meant to be a place to offer hospitality to one another and even to strangers, and that we have often turned them into fortresses of privacy that we don't allow anyone into. Then, of course, there's the church, or our church, our congregation. And again, each one of us feels that in some way, at least, we have authority over our local congregation. But here, too, Jesus reminds us that he is Lord. Here, too, he makes his visit with his authority. He tells us that this place is meant to be a community of like-minded individuals who serve one another in love and charity, but we have at times made it into a place of bitterness or division. He tells us that this place was meant to be a place where the lost could find Jesus, and yet at times we're so distracted by what we want that we have not turned it into that place at all. He tells us that this is to be a place where we receive his gifts with great joy. We often turn it into a place where we complain about anything that doesn't quite live up to our expectations or our preferences. Truth be told, when Jesus comes into those spaces that we have some authority, our selfish side wants to ask Jesus, by whose authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? Well, if we are so bold as to ask, we will hear the answer. He tells us that he does them by his authority, for he is the Messiah of God sent to be Lord over everything. And that answer should humble us and bring us to our knees. No, let us not be like the chief priests who decide that the only way to deal with the authority claims of Jesus is to get rid of him out of our lives completely. Instead, let us humbly bow before him in repentance. For if we do that, Jesus will then show us what he does with the authority that has been given to him. He will use that authority that he has over heaven and earth to love and to serve you. You see, he used the authority he had in order to subject himself to a life here on earth that was never easy and ended in great agony. He uses that authority that he has to bring us forgiveness, life, and salvation through his torturous death and his victorious resurrection. He places his authority upon men he has chosen to serve in the church in order that we might hear them say, I forgive you of all of your sins in the name of Jesus, and know that that word is certain and sure. Oh yes, when Jesus arrives in our sacred spaces with his authority, it often makes us uncomfortable at first. But it's exactly what we need. For when he comes, he exposes those ways in which we have misused our own authority to serve ourselves. But he also comes to use his authority to make everything back right again. He uses his authority 
for us and for our salvation. He makes those places that we think we have made sacred by the exercise of our authority truly sacred through his authority. And thanks be to God for that. For as we heard in our Old Testament reason, Jesus takes no pleasure in the death of anyone. So what can we do but turn to him, to his authority, to his authority which he uses for our good, and live? Amen.